All right, Erica Sicoccio here with Practical Biz Podcast. Um, we have a great guest today. This is Ken from Thompson Insurance Group. I'd like to welcome you today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So um, I met Ken um, in a class. We were together in the 10,000 Small Business um, Program at CCRI a couple of years ago, and um, I decided to invite him on to our show to talk a little bit about insurance. Um, I'll let Ken just quickly just say a little bit about what he does um, at his agency, and then we'll kind of go from there. Perfect. Thank you. Yep, we have uh, two locations in East Providence in Woonsocket. Our main focus is commercial insurance, helping small business owners, medium-sized, large, um, break down their insurance needs, what they're missing, um, what they should have. Um, we also deal with homeowners, so auto, home, and umbrella. So we have the kind of quite the dynamic of insurance in our office. Okay. So we here at Stella Business Concepts work with a lot of um, startups who are very, very beginning level. Some of them don't even have their legal structure in place. So what would you say from an insurance standpoint, maybe where should they start? Like if you don't even know where to start, what kind of insurance you need, like what would, what would that process look like? Absolutely. We get a lot of startups calling us. So the first thing we say is before you either provide a service or sell any of your products, you need to have something in place. And that something is when you want to find an agent who knows about commercial, not just dabbling in it, but someone that has experience, multiple companies, and explaining exactly from start to finish what you think you're going to do in that business so that we can wrap around the protections and make sure that you are covered for what you're about to do. One of the things I find with startups is they start in one area and it kind of migrates to different things. That's a huge exposure for insurance. So we try to tell people, tell us everything you think you're going to do so we have a good baseline of what we need. Yeah. And I think when you first start out, you don't know what you're going to do, right? So uh, that happened with me and Chris. We started out as an after-school program. And, you know, two years in, we ended up with infants and toddlers and school age and summer camping. Uh, so, yeah, you don't really know how your business will evolve. Um, but you, you definitely, as those changes happen, um, you, ha you know, you have to reach out to your insurance uh, agent. Um, so tell me, what do you think, um, if, if somebody is uh, doing business as a DBA, what are they, you know, what are they exposing themselves to? Would you recommend that? Would you recommend they just start with the more of an LLC for protection reasons? Or what do, what do you think about what that? What we've seen is it kind of goes ebb and flows. We find, you know, different periods of time. There's always suggestions from the accounting world, whatever. LLCs are the best right now or DBAs are the best right now. Mm -hmm. When it comes to insurance, as long as we know what their structure is, mm -hmm. we fill in the gaps where something could fall in. So whether it's an LLC or the DBA, it doesn't really matter. We just need to know how they're structured, and then we'll build the policy around that. So we're not too concerned in directing them that way, okay. but kind of just whatever they decided with their team, that's who we want to make sure we're going to have protection for. Okay. Um, so when people first start a business, do you find that most of them have life insurance or no? No. Yeah. No. They're thinking of so much other things. Right. We kind of bring them back and say, hey, you know, do you have life insurance? What yeah. happens if the business stopped today? Mm -hmm. Do you need this income for your family to have if you weren't in the picture? Where are you? What's your numbers going to be? Is going to be, do you project, you know, yeah. rapid growth and so forth? And I think one of the reasons I brought that up is because once you start looking for financing, a bank is going to require that you have life insurance, right? So, right. So when you're putting together your business plan, um, make sure you reach out to an agent 
um, and get that in place because that's going to be one of the things that your bank is going to ask for. Absolutely. And the other part is you find is it takes time for a lot of these life insurance policies. It might take three months, four months if you have some health history. Right. So now all of a sudden you wanted to get that business off the ground, but you're four months behind because you didn't have the life insurance place. Right. So we always tell people to try to do that in advance. Um. What is uh, talk to us a little bit about what's general liability like? What what does that look like? What why do we need that? Yeah, it, it kind of works as this. Let's say you you have a small storefront, and all of a sudden someone walks into the storefront, slipped flo- mm-hmm. slipped on the floor, and got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, they purchased something from your your place of business, and all of a sudden they didn't use it correctly. They were hurt by it. There was something that occurred. If you have a business such as landscapers and all of a sudden a landscaper, you know, destroys your uh, sprinkler system. So it's really where any type of um, an issue that occurred from your either product or service and they decide to sue you to get whole, not necessarily to make a millionaires, but say, I need to fix this because I paid X. That's where general liability will come into play. And we want. That's why it's most important. Is as the business starts to migrate in different directions, you really need to let us know and say, "Hey, I'm adding this to my business because it might not be covered under the policy we had." So that's very important for people to always keep us in the loop as the business starts to grow. Okay. Um, so if you're a small business, like you said, a landscaper, a lot of times they'll have employees, right? Yep. So let's talk about everybody's favorite workers comp. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You know what? And that's it. Workers comp. Um, It's one of those things where you hate it never happened, but it's just those weird things that occur. Mm -hmm. It's that one off. Let's stay on the landscape of theme. Um, All of a sudden he just backing down the trail, it falls off and just gets hurt, has to go to the hospital to get, you know, maybe a cast or something. It's those small off, not necessarily the bigger pictures, but those small things to protect you because you just don't want something to happen. And now you're out an employee, um, you're having medical bills have to be, hey, if you didn't have workers' comp. Um, now workers' comp is if, as a business owner, you can take yourself off the policy if you decide to do it. Because starting out, you might say, hey, I, I don't want to be covered right now. I could save a little bit on money. That's one way of doing it. But you want to make sure your employees who are walking around, they have it. So that's an interesting point that you bring up. So, ooh. So I... As a small business owner, you can put yourself on workers' comp because I thought you could not. Yeah, you could add yourself to workers' comp. You can. Yep, you can. But you're the only person who can waive themselves off, too. Okay. Yep. If there is someone, if they have ownership stake in the business, they have the ability to take themselves off if they wanted to. Okay. Um, so that's good. So that's good to know. Um, so one thing that was an insurance that I had thought about as we have grown so much, um, can't, I might say it wrong. Key man insurance? Or, yep. So yep. what is that? Key man insurance is you look at your organization. Are there key people in there? Yeah. If something were to happen, <laughs> and they, right, and they, and they passed away, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you're out a key person. Now, all of a sudden, you have to go find somebody. The business still continues on. So what that key person does is allows for a life insurance policy to give you some sort of uh, you know, asset that comes in so you can immediately go out and try to find somebody. Um, you can also compensate the family members and say, hey, you know, they were a key person to me for a while. I want to make sure your family's taken care of. So you can build it in there for those people that are they just they're instrumental 
And if something ever happened, you need immediate cash flow to help float the business until you can replace that person because they might need time to groom into the position or something. And you need to have that cash flow available. Well, I think the last two years have very much put that in my brain. So after our <laughs> session, we need to talk about we might need to add that to our policy. Gotcha. Um, 100% serious on that. Um, so what type of... Um, what, where should people, you know, look for insurance? I know people like to go online because it's cheap, this, that, and the other thing. What was, what's the benefit of using a local guy like you? I know because I use you, but, yep. you know, talk to the audience. What, what, what is the difference between online and a, and a local person? What's the benefits? I, I think the biggest difference is, one, you, get, you can walk in the door, sit with them, talk with them, pay your policy. If a claim occurs, they're dealing with it directly. We usually, if we lose them to online, it ends up they come back to us when something occurs. The building get paid right, it got canceled, or they, they're calling an 800 number. So the good thing of having someone local is you can literally walk in and just sit there and say, I need you to explain something to me. What should I do now? Have that interaction and feel comfortable that I have a team of people, you know, a block away or a city away or a town away. So I agree with that. Um, so, you know, being in my field of, of childcare, um, child care insurance tends to be a little bit more on the higher side. Plus we have vehicles. Um, and the, any time that we've ever needed you guys, like, you know, three weeks ago <laughs> when our <laughs> office flooded, um, from the hot water tank, um, you know, it was literally a call and the next day somebody was out and, uh, we, and we got our money quickly and within two weeks, the office was repaired and everything was done. So I don't know that it would have been that streamlined had I, called 1-800-INSURANCE-GENERAL-GUY. <laughs> right. Or, you know, you know, one of those types of companies. So I feel pretty confident that that probably would not have been yep. my experience. Absolutely. Um, so let's just talk about you as a business owner. Um, what do you think the biggest challenges are right now uh, for business owners um, in your field or just in general? Yeah, no. The biggest, I'll, I'll take it to me personally, the, the, the hardest thing we grew quite a bit in the last three to four years. And the hardest thing is finding my role because I want to do every role because it's mine. And I, I don't want to say controlling, but I find it hard to say, no, that is so-and-so's role now. Let them excel and be there if they stumble or fall. And I find it when I was grow, you know, when you grow the agency and it's smaller, you can do all those things. But now we have 25 employees and we have all these different things go on. I won't be able to sleep. So it's my challenge has been knowing my lane and then filling in, finding the smartest people to do the other roles that are better than me in that role yeah. rather than me trying to How do How long? Don't point your fingers at me, D-Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking about that actually on the last podcast. And yep. I literally said the same thing as you. It was like, you get there eventually, but it's really hard because it's your baby, right? It's your baby. And you are so emotionally attached to your business, especially when you start one from the ground up. Your, you know, yourself like it just um it takes a long time of personal growth to get there yeah. right it's your brand it's your name like something's not done right it's on you but yeah you do get to that point where you start working on your business instead of in your business perfect it takes us it takes us time to get there it, it, it really does you know that's that's i think that's one of the hardest things to do it is it, it, it's it, almost harder than starting a business it, it is. starting a business and growing business is hard letting go of that business that you worked on for so long is is more of a challenge. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And the other part that was difficult is 
investing back in your business. Because once you start to make money, you're like, okay, that's nice. I can do these things. But yeah. taking a portion of it out to say, I need to hire another key person mm-hmm. or I need to, you know what, change my computers. Yeah. That's a tough thing because finally you're like, I'm making money. You finally, finally got something in the right, account, the right? PL looks wonderful. I'm finally. Yeah. So yeah. that that was another tough thing. It's like, okay, I got to put some back into the business and make it grow because I'm still going to be here in 10 years. So I had got to yes. make that step and go from there. And that's tough when people starting out. So you have uh, how many children? You have one? Two boys. Two boys. So is this going to be a family business, do you think? Like, are they going to grow into it or they have no interest in it? Just curious. Yep. No, my, my son is actually in California. He wants to be a director, screenwriter. Nice. Um, I think it would kill him being insurance. Yeah, it's yeah. not that creative. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I talked to him about it, but I think he'd rather, you know, stay out there and, and do that part sure, of it. Sure, sure. My other son, same thing. He came in several times, sat with me, and you he know, was like, said, nah, Dad, "Dad, yeah, exactly. When do we leave the office?" Type of thing. So <laughs> I don't think it'll be a family name. Sure, I think sure. it might be very well be someone that's in the organization sure. who loves it just as much as I do, and then just going to kind of roll with it. Yeah. Okay. I just asked that because I come from a long line of <laughs> family entrepreneurs, and uh, yeah, we, you know, some some children stayed yep. and worked at their family business, and then some didn't. So. Just curious what your yep. what the family uh, dynamic is. Um, so speaking of family too, what would you say is the best way to balance that work-life balance? What does that look like? Absolutely. Um, it, it, I was fortunate. My wife and I in college got engaged. So she knew exactly what she was walking into and kind of keeping you know, her informed of when I had to go back in and work or even on, and I hate to say it, even on vacations, when the kids were younger, I'd, I'd sneak out of the hotel room, do all my emails, do everything that I could, and that was dad's time to get it out. And later in the afternoon, clear them out yeah. on those moments I could. But it's just basically just having them involved on what's happening and so they know, oh, he needs that time to keep going on this or when the time to pull away. So I think that that open communication whoever you're with yeah. and understanding the business sometimes you have to go in at different hours to, to make it work for yeah. whatever reason. And the reason I bring that up is, sadly, when people open businesses, a lot of people get divorced because you spend so much time there, right? So you do got to be really careful. I know that has nothing to do with insurance, but, you know, it just is kind of one of those things you have to really consider. You know, we're talking about families. We're talking about insurance. I mean, yeah. you know, all these things to me fall under the how I take care of my family, you know? Exactly. Um, no, great point. Yeah. So um, what, what other... Uh, Things in the insurance world that I didn't ask you that you think um, folks should need to, you need to know. Yeah, I think you know one thing we're finding more and more social media. Everybody's putting what they're doing on business, whether it's Facebook or yeah. Instagram, anything. Be very wary because insurance companies go on and try to see what's on your site. Because some, you know, let's take a landscaper. They might put on that they dig septic tanks. They do many other things, but we weren't told. An insurance company sees this on social media, then that opens other questions on it. So I know a lot of small business want to put so much on that to say they're all encompassing, but realize that that can be a detriment sometimes and make sure you're aware of what that is so you don't put an exposure out there that you're not covered for. Make sure that you're, yeah, make sure you're covered for what it is that you're doing. Yep. Because that's the worst to pay for insurance and then not be covered. Because you didn't disclose everything. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. And the other thing we see, too, is that um, now with all the cyber uh, crime going on, mm-hmm. we just always tell you know our insurers we should have some type of cyber coverage because, you know what, you don't ever think it's going to be you, 
but you're an easy target when you're smaller. And if you have a system that's storing private data for all your customers, mm -hmm. it's easy for them to go after you compared to a much larger company because they're going to deal with it a lot. So we always tell them you still have to think of that component. And most policies now you can buy it on or add coverage to it. Um, but that's, that's another thing that recently over the last couple of yeah, years is something great, we have to do. That's a great point. Um, what about COVID? Has that in any way impacted uh, coverages for businesses or did you find anything changed around COVID? Did any, anything around that? Yeah, no, here's the thing with insurance. Yeah, it changed the marketplace. You know, restaurants were suffering and, and, and home uh, construction went up because no one was leaving. So now contractors went up. So that part kind of changed. But for the actual coverage, there was really no coverage for COVID. It's just, it was not, it was never a piece that was built into a policy because it wasn't fathomable. You know, until all of a sudden we had, you know, the Twin Towers fall where it became yeah. coverages for that where you can elect to be add-on. So one of the things, actually, I just went to Washington. We had a convention where all of the insurance industry went to speak to our leaders. And they're trying to figure a way where is it going to be government-sponsored, where they're going to help put money into it? Because I'm not defending insurance companies, but yeah. if they didn't put it into their P&L and they don't stop building up a coffer for it, and it might take five, ten years, mm -hmm. they would have been bankrupt and we wouldn't have had insurance carriers right. having it. So it's a blend of possibly government and insurance companies start building a few dollars in each policy yeah. to go towards it and then have some pandemic insurance down the road. So that's what's talked about. But right now, there's nothing really covering that, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So um, I found, um, you know, even for for businesses like ours that the government closed, you're like, OK, the government closed me. Right. How do I do business? How do I pay my bills? Right. Um, so yeah, so I, uh, it was funny cause my business coach said to me at the beginning of this, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, uh, virus. And he said, can somebody sue you if you get that? And me and my sister kind of laughed, like, what are you talking about? Now this is before it came to the United States. I'm like, I still be like somebody suing you if you have the flu. And then holy cow, what unfolded in, you know, the six months after that liability wise, big manufacturers and you know, all the additional things you had to do as a small business to keep your folks safe. So it is because um, employees, you, what, what do you do? You know, you have people who are fearful of it. People yeah. didn't want to come to work. How do you get them? Yeah. People want to come to work. Well, it's just a lot of things to figure out. Exactly. And again, you go back and be a small business owner. You look in the manual. No one ever taught me this. Yes, what do yeah. I do now? Yeah. <laughs> There's no page yeah. for that. <laughs> I remember calling too. And you're like, uh, we don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't know. We're all figuring out together. Yes, though. It's true. Awesome. All right. Well, I thank you for your time. Um, I think that I think unless there's anything else you think that we need to cover, I think that that probably should give people a good idea of what they need. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to give people your contact info. If they're uh, looking for insurance, I would love for them to reach out to you. I think that would be a great, especially if you're local in Rhode Island. Um, do you do outside of Rhode Island? We do. We're, we, we cover uh, 14 states. Okay. So wherever it is, if so here's, here's your chance. Nope. Go ahead. Perfect. No, give us a call. ThompsonInsuranceGroup.net. You can find us on the web and you can call us 401-434-7203. Um, you can ask myself or I have a panel of experts. If it's not my specific area, I'll put you in front of the person that can do it. But ask any questions. It doesn't cost anything. Give us a call. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions, and um, 
I look forward to it. And I thank you very much for including me on this. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. All right.